Welcome to House Party, a podcast where home and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. Hey, Rachel. Hello. (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. I feel like we do this every time we come back together, but reunited (laughs) and it feels so good. (laughs) Should take it on the road. I know, Um, truly. Live shows. Um... (laughs) off the bat like how are you what what is what have you been up to and what does your um life in real estate look like <laughs> life in real estate. Through, through the lens of real estate <laughs> uh I'm I'm okay um what's kind of sad is I feel like the last time we were together on the pod I was talking about this refrigerator saga that I've been dealing with and <laughs> it finally came to a conclusion yesterday it was literally a nine-month saga over the past nine months, I've had three different refrigerators. I've had countless visits from <laughs> maintenance. Like, literally, I cannot count. And uh, I've had to empty the contents and put it all back in at least half a dozen times. <laughs> and yesterday, I hope my final refrigerator was delivered. And I hope that there's nothing wrong with this one. But after having three different refrigerators, three different brand refrigerators by the way oh um and after going through this I now kind of want to be a homeowner just so I can choose Mm. my own appliance and deal with like all of the problems in my own way and not have to do this that's so interesting because I feel like that's a huge reason why people that's a big attractive reason for people to rent is like I don't have to deal with buying appliances or fixing appliances or things like yeah. that. But you're saying it's actually proven to be an extremely frustrating and cumbersome process for you. Yeah. I mean, I've wow. been of that mindset that I don't want to have to deal with the maintenance, but I still had to deal with the maintenance and I didn't get any say in what they did or when they did it or what they chose. It was hmm. really frustrating. Damn. And like, I hate this new refrigerator you it's hate not, the third the third one you oh, hate it's it awful. and it's like significantly <laughs> smaller it's loud um what? I'm not gonna name the brand because I'm not gonna put them on blast but it's uh you know my last one I had to get rid of because it was it was defective it wasn't heating and cooling properly or mm. it shouldn't heat anything so it wasn't cooling <laughs> properly <laughs> um but I would have kept it I loved it other than that this one I hate this one, and it's not oh what I would God. have chosen. It's significantly smaller, um, but I don't get a say because I'm a renter. So people wouldn't consider that typically. Maybe I'm weird. I don't know. No, I'm, listeners, you, let us know if you have had similar frustrations. I mean, I you, still do appreciate that I can call maintenance to come take care of stuff, but and then you don't you're have just to pay into them. You don't have to pay for a repairman. Yeah. It's always, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? True. But all that to say, I'm finally, maybe, possibly <laughs> thinking about trying to buy. I don't know if I can out here, but I know you're thinking about the same, right? I am. Yeah. I'm in a place of like major life change. Um, it's just like one after the other. Um, my son is going to be 16 months um, in a few days. And, uh, my husband is, he's been job hunting. Um, he's nearing the end of his fellowship. And so we are looking at places. He's looking at jobs. We're looking at new places to live. And 
we will hopefully be buying a house um, once we move. We're, we're going to rent from the get-go just to get a feel for like neighborhoods and, mm-hmm. you know, what we want and things like that. But um, yeah, yeah right smart. now the main contenders um, for cities are Seattle, mm. the Bay Area, so like Oakland, Berkeley, kind of air, like East Bay, and um, Sacramento. Wow. So, yeah. Expensive. All expensive. They all have their pros. They all have their cons. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> it's a lot right now just figuring out, you know, moving. It's a huge thing. And then we're hoping that this is going to be like a permanent or like semi-permanent move because we, mm-hmm. for the last 11 years between, you know, his school and then residency and fellowship he's we've moved around every three to four years Mm -hmm. so we want to put down roots yeah god damn it (laughs) and now you have a a kid who's going to be starting school eventually and you'll want to yep you know figure out where he where he does that exactly that's like factors you know looking into school districts and having to it's really hard having to vet like three different cities three different areas for schools three different areas for home prices and like actually I'm realize this sounds incredibly biased because I work at realtor.com but like the realtor.com website and app has helped me a lot That was a truly unplanned plug. I that can promise was, you guys. I promise you from, from the depths of my soul, like that was not, I'm not just tooting our own horn here. And I realize like other home search apps can like offer you similar things, but no, I've like, I have been genuinely looking at rent rentals and homes for sale and homes that previously sold, um, in neighborhoods in these cities. So yeah, it's um, it's just been like a ton of research and trying to plan. And planning your life's really hard, it turns out. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what we've been up to. Oh, and then Rachel and I also live in California, um, <laughs> which if you have turned on the news lately, um, has been experiencing just rain and flash floods and like wind wind yeah like wind you know warn emergent states of emergency what what they're calling california parade of tornadoes like it's it's a wild winter out here on the west coast yeah i've I've been here 14 15 years now i've never seen anything like this Um, i've I grew up here. I've, with the exception of New York, I've lived here for most of my life. Same thing. It's crazy. Yeah. It's scary. Granted, Californians do freak out at, like, drizzle. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) to be be totally fair, um, when we've had, like, a day of storms or two days of storms, it's a big deal. So, um, but this, this is serious. I mean, there's loss of life and there's mm-hmm. power outages and people, there are people who've been without power for, you know, a week now. Landslides. Yeah. Property slides, Flooding. I just feel thankful that like I can work from home and I don't have to really commute in this yeah. weather. Um, cause that's just unsafe as well. But yeah, I feel like <laughs> the main topics that are just like that everyone's talking about are like the California weather, the Idaho college student murders and then all things like Prince Harry 
right? Harry and Meghan. Yeah. Uh, which so and that consequently, our, that's that's a, what we're going to talk about today. Our agenda for, yeah. for the day. Yeah. Um, you okay? The Idaho college student murders. You have gotten into this, right? I I mean, as horrible as that sounds, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I think a lot of us have though. It's yeah. just one of those stories. It's so bizarre and grisly and mysterious and it it's hard to it's hard to ignore yeah for all these weeks while they didn't have a suspect we've been talking in our staff meetings about what's going to happen to the house because it's an active crime scene or I guess it, it was or I think it still is until they saw it the still case. is yeah 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 it still is because once they arrested the suspect the the um police and and investigators they went back into the house and like cut the tape and like reopened and we're just got like, it. oh my gosh yeah so it Total is definitely... michael michael peterson type of thing where mm-hmm. you know the the blood stayed on the staircase so i imagine uh that's from the staircase documentary um <laughs> Sorry for anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, so this would be kind of a similar thing, I would imagine. I am guessing their bedrooms are still active crime scenes. They haven't cleaned it up. It's still, like, you can't live there. So what happens to the house, even though they they have a suspect in custody now? Yeah, that's always our first question. <laughs> As uh, real estate is our beat, and then true crime is, is very interesting. That's always what we at Realtor.com wonder about is, like, Oh my gosh, this house, the murder happened in the house. Well, what happens to the house? That's like our, our train of thought. And I kind of worry for the owner of it because he was renting it out. And it, like, and it, and it's like adjacent to the college. I was, right. I was reading our story that we did. We have a story about it on realtor.com that we'll link to. Um, and then, you know, all the coverage that People Magazine has done. I mean, everyone's writing about this, this horrible murder that happened to these four students. Um there are University of Idaho students, and apparently the house was really close to, like, Frat Row. Um, it was close to the campus, close to Frat Row. And so it seems like, yeah, like you said, the owner of this place is just going to kind of get screwed because this is a great asset for someone who, you know, has an investment property. You can rent it out to students. It's so close to campus. It's mm-hmm. close to social life. And now it's like... Four, four murders happened here. What usually happens with murder homes that we've seen, like with Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment, um, that got raised. Most of these houses either get like demolished, raised, or, um, and, and like it's a vacant lot, or demolished and rebuild. they rebuild something. Yeah. Did you see the, the bit where the way that they caught the suspect was because he left a knife sheath. Yeah. And the, in one DNA of the bedrooms. On it. Yeah. Yes. And he was a criminology. Um, he was like studying criminology at Washington state university. You're saying he should have known better. Uh, he, uh, what a stupid mistake. Like he got sloppy. Unless it was a mistake. Unless he wanted to get caught. Unless he's like a twisted, you know, this was like his, <laughs> I the whole thing the whole thing is so bizarre I, I yeah. just again we did write a story about what will happen to the house we tried to get in touch with the owner but he is not returning yeah uh, I think we got in, un- understandably I think we got in touch with like um 
the property management company. We got in touch with a former resident who lived in the and house a former in resident. 2019 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who also said that, you know, he couldn't hear anything that was happening yeah. when he lived there. He couldn't hear anything that was happening on the second and third floors from his room on the first floor. Yeah. But he did say, and I know that he said this on national news as well, that the house is old and creaky and you could, you know, it's pretty easy to hear. If someone's like creeping around. Yeah. 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 Do you, did you see how much, um, the house was last listed for that they were like renting it for? The home was purchased by an LLC in early 2009. Uh, these during the crash days for 150, one fifty one K. And as of last Thursday, it had more than tripled in value. It, yeah. The price, the price had like, well, on our site, and I'm sure on other listing sites, they were saying just the the property value just over the years had had tripled, but that wasn't taking into account the fact that a quadruple homicide just happened in the house. So yeah. once stuff like that happens, the the value of the home goes down significantly. I if you can imagine. Very interested. I will. I know you will be too. Following this story as it goes on. Yeah, I if I had to put money on it, I'd say they're probably going to raise this place and and build something else on top of it. Would you live in a murder house? Um no. Have we had this conversation before? I think we have because we've talked about like ghosts and stuff. Well, <laughs> like, it's different though. In it was the it was the days when Eric was was our co-host. Eric yeah, Gunther, and couldn't stomach this conversation. And we were like, <laughs> we believe in ghosts. Um, I mean, yeah, I I believe in ghosts, but like I, no, I wouldn't live in a house where like murders had occurred. Like murders, no. If an old person died peacefully there. Maybe depends okay. on that. Would house. you live in it if it were gutted and renovated? Um, no, I need those studs to be like gone. Goodbye, but yeah. <laughs> Would you live in it if it were like the um, John Wayne Gacy house? If it were raised and rebuilt into something totally different, but it was still on the property? If it was, yes, I would. If it was like my perfect neighborhood, my perfect house and the price is right. Yeah. I'd make an exception, <laughs> but it would the, still factor into your decision. I would be like me. Is there juju floating around? Okay. D- yeah. What about you? What I don't you? know. I just asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything's a negotiation. Everything. It would certainly give me cause for pause and I would probably, I would have to really want it. I know. Do or they have be to be in desperate need? Do they have to dis- even if you raise the house? Do they still have to disclose like a- mm. if something previously happened, like at that address? It probably depends on your state. I'm sure it depends on your state. Um, I'm not sure if you. <laughs> I doubt it, but I don't know. Let's ask. I know. Let's ask. <laughs> we'll ask and get back to you, or if you know, email us podcast at realtor dot com. Um, yeah, it's it's a wild story. It's a sad story. And we like we definitely, you know, as a team, we were like, should we be report like how soon is too soon? Because, you know, these things are these things are tricky. We we want to be sensitive to the victims and their families. But like mm. 
we felt like enough time has passed where people, you know, we have questions. Definitely. We definitely have questions. Um, I have, <laughs> I have a lot of questions about our next topic. Uh, well, yeah. A- ask away. <laughs> you mentioned at the top of the episode, we we're going to get into Prince Harry and the spare of it all. Let's how are it. you how are you feeling about the spare of it all? Have you do you have any interest in reading Harry's new memoir, Spare? Uh, no, but I do have interest in watching the Netflix doc that I have not started yet. I haven't either and I also haven't watched um the Anderson Cooper interview with 60 minute 60 minutes. Oh, I haven't watched that or the Michael Strahan <laughs> interview. I mean, the the mere fact that all of this is coming out and they're doing the the press circuit gives me the ick. Um, I don't it's, want to watch the Netflix doc, but I yeah. feel that I have to. <laughs> it's just, it's a, they're just doing a lot right now. They're doing the, the most. Yeah. They really are. Um, I don't know. I feel like they are still in like major transition of like, like Megan and Harry are like, where do we want to be? Who do we want to be? What do we want to be doing? And, um, it, it sounds like they're not going back to England anytime soon. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be welcome there. <laughs> no, I, I mean, thought I heard, I thought I heard that Charles, Harry's like, oh no, Harry said that the ball's in Charles's court. But I, okay. I thought I heard somewhere that, that Harry said that like Charles was said like, yeah, come on by <laughs> or something to that effect. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know how much he went at Charles. I just feel like he's, He's going at William with a fervor yeah. that's going to irrevocably damage their relationship. And did you see the the latest news yeah. that so the the name Spare for for Harry's book came from uh, the idea that Charles said to Diana, "I need to have, or I'm going to have an heir and a spare," mm. meaning an heir being William and Harry is the spare. And this is actually an old saying. I don't think that it originated with Charles, but that is... An heir and a spare, yeah. Yeah. Harry felt, you know, <sighs> insulted by this. I'm not sure where the where he heard it or if it's even true. But the, the latest British, news, The British tabloids hammered in, into his brain, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. The latest news goes even further to say that Harry said that he was bred specifically to be spare organs for William <gasps> in case he ever needed. In case he needs a kidney. A kidney or a lung or something. That's... So it's not even like, oh, now I have an extra kid in case something happens to my first one. He's saying, I was bred specifically for my organs. That's... It's just it's just the most. It's he's, so... He's an igloo, essentially, Carrie. <laughs> He's a styrofoam case. Oh my god! I mean, I can't tell if he's like, I I can't tell if they're the statements are getting more dramatic as they go on, or if yeah. he always planned to do it this way. It's just the bombs that are being dropped. I, I can't look away. It's a car crash that I, oh, probably a bad choice of words given Diana's death, but it's a car crash I can't look away from. Yeah. I guess we should get in the real estate of it all. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, like, we can go on and on about the royal family. A couple of real estate compo- components to this, actually. One is that 
uh, we have a story on Realtor.com that we will link to featuring the house that they filmed the Netflix doc in. It mm-hmm. it was filmed in, uh, I believe, in Montecito, but not at mm-hmm. Meghan and Harry's place. So it was it was a stand in home. And that home is actually now for sale for $35 million. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense that they would want to not film in their actual home. Um, right. High security risks for them at all. Which is actually connects to why they want to potentially sell and are rumored to be selling um, their home that they do actually live in in Montecito. Um, it's, it's for privacy concerns. It's just not private enough for them. Where do we think that they might go? Well, I think that uh, reports are saying that they think they'll stay in Montecito, um, just get an even safer place because I guess they have a gate, but they, it's not necessarily like a gated community. So maybe there's a community that they can buy in, um, that's safer, or maybe there's somewhere in, in LA that's gated that they can buy in. I don't know. I also have a question about the money, too, and whether yes. that's going to run out at a certain point. How much did they get paid for the Netflix stock? That's what I want to know. Good question. Probably because they're like, going to need something to offset the gravy train that I'm sure may end. Yeah, with the Netflix stock. I'm guessing Netflix maybe like ten million for that. And what about the book deal? A couple, another couple million, which like love and light to Netflix, like. Isn't Netflix like not doing well? <laughs> they spent their entire budget on on Harry and Meghan. Um, Again, I wasn't. I didn't. I was thinking oh, maybe I'll get around to it, but now I feel urgency to watch. Yeah, like this book plus the Netflix series, like the interviews. Like this is a huge moment for them. Um, so what's what's their next move? And it's gonna all have to do, I think, with where they decide to move. If they do decide to stay on the West Coast in Montecito versus, you know, maybe they'll go up to Canada. Don't they like Megan's a Canada girl? So you think that if they stay in the Southern California area, are you saying that will imply some sort of indication that they want to stay in the limelight? I mean, what else are they going to (laughs) do? How are they going to make money? I mean... I don't know. Megan's going to reboot her, her her blog, The Tig. <laughs> did you ever read that? Or I did didn't. Sim- yeah. Maybe she can come work for um, Realtor.com. <laughs> <laughs> Write about interiors for us. I, I can see her doing a Joanna Gaines type of thing. Totally. Or like being like editor at large or something for like Architectural Digest. Like Christina or- on the coast, Megan in Montecito. Oh, there you go. Netflix. (laughs) Call us. Let's move on to winners and losers. This is the segment where we discuss celebrities in the real estate that they bought, sold, or rented. We choose one loser and one winner, and uh, it's all based on whether or not they made a good deal. It's largely based on numbers. I'm going to give preface our uh, <laughs> our loser by that because I love our loser. It's Rain, <laughs> Rain Wilson from The Office. He played Dwight Schrute. 
we have to call him a loser um, because he sold his Seattle home under what he initially uh, asked for it. How sad. It's a very modest home. I, I realize he's a pretty humble guy. He's not, you know, he didn't let the glitz and glamour get to his head. What well, does he have other homes that might be more? Well, he had that. Remember that like farm in Southern California? A beet farm? A beet. It was. I don't. I, I don't, don't think, think it was a beet farm. <laughs> it was. I do think it was a farm though. It was like a farm down here in Southern California. He sold that for like 1.6, I think. So it wasn't like, I mean, if you can, I mean, John Krasinski is living like crazy, whatever his co-star, yeah, but whatever. He, he did um, quite place. And he lives with That's true. an equally famous actress. That's true. Um, <laughs> You're not comparing <laughs> beats to beats here. No, different <laughs> levels. Um, so, but we have to declare Rain um, our real estate loser of the week. I will say it is. Mo- I agree. It's modest. He put this home on the market last month for $999,000, just a hair under a million. And he sold it for nine fifty. So not like a huge price loss. No. Um, but a loss. But and a very loss, interesting that we have inched back into that world of coming in under asking i know especially in a market like seattle which is people say hot hot. market hot market yeah it's so real i mean it really does feel like the last time i was on this pod we were talking about everything going for way over so how quickly the The tables have turned. My how the turntables. My how the turntables. <laughs> to quote Michael Scott from The Office. So yeah, um, he sold it for just 50K, 49K below what he wanted for it. Not bad, but a loss nonetheless. Yeah. However, he did uh, almost double. He got almost double what he paid for it back in mm-hmm. 2010. Yeah, and they have made some updates. Like the kitchen has really nice new cabinetry, the floors. Um, this house was built in 1928. So when they bought it, it had a lot of the original touches still in there and a lot of the original architecture that needed to be, you know, kind of um, revived. But You can see it, especially with those wood-framed windows everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's It's got that very 1920s craftsman yeah rich look to it is very much craftsman so rain wilson um unfortunately is our real estate loser of the week loser let's move on to our winner rachel gosh i want to talk about this so bad i know we actually haven't we haven't digested on any of the show that this that this we haven't digested on anything listeners you were getting (laughs) natalie and i's first um like download of information between the two of us in literal weeks we've been like between yeah between like the holidays and then just getting back into the new year it's we've been so busy both of us and so we haven't had a chance to talk about the white lotus the show that everyone's been talking about um and actress Alexandra Daddario, who starred in season one of the white lotus uh is our real estate winner of the week Uh, this is an easy choice. She's the winner for making a profit on the sale of her Hancock Park 
estate. Uh, Hancock Park is the neighborhood in LA, very exclusive. And this house, let me tell you. How did she, how, I mean, how, this house is huge. It's so pretty. It's, it's, it's like old Hollywood, gorgeous. I, I, I'm in love with this house. So, I mean, she's a winner for two reasons. Number one, she made a profit. She, um, she bought this for 7.3 million a little over a year ago and then sold it for seven, six, seven, five. Yeah. So tiny profit, but the house, she also deserves accolades for, for buying it in the first place. It is jaw dropping. It's so pretty. It's, um, I guess it's, it's, it's like kind of modern Mediterranean. It's, it's definitely has Mediterranean vibes. It has that tile roof, um, curved, curved doorways and archways. Like French Mediterranean. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It's, It's not kitschy Mediterranean. No, it's, it's very well done. We'll, we'll link to our story about this and you can scroll through and see all the photos, you know, big, beautiful. It's, it's very just like California living, like really beautiful, Mm. big kitchen, marble countertops, pretty blue cabinetry, um, light and airy. Yeah. The backyard with that, that beautiful lap pool. I mean, it kind of looks like it, (laughs) it belongs at the the resort from season two of this like it kind of reminds me of the resort it so does yeah it really from does season two of the white lotus it could easily have been a filming location yeah if i didn't if they hadn't actually gone to sicily yeah what did you see so you watched season two loved it me too i thought i liked i thought i really loved white lotus until i watched or i thought i really loved white lotus season one until i watched season two yeah I was and then I actually it it just put season one to shame for me it really does I mean I wasn't a huge I told you I wasn't a huge season one fan um and season two they really just doubled down on like the I I think the character murder mystery aspect the murder mystery yeah like who the who done it the who died of it all yeah um they they weren't trying to make a statement as much I felt like with season two I think season one was very much a political yeah statement on wealth and society and and this it was it was just pure fun it was just pure fun I mean there were still statements to be read in deeper meanings but it was just every episode I you know I changed my mind about who was dead Mm -hmm. and I I was surprised in the end and I just I was rooting for all the characters you at were. a certain point or another, except for with the exception of one, with the exception of Cameron. Cameron is <laughs> deeply unlikable. I was like, damn, you were rooting cannot for, be the, for the New York City finance guy? Damn. No, no. All, all of them except for one. But season one, I felt all the characters were really unlikable. Yeah. For the most part. And season two, I felt like they at all at one time or another... They all became very likable. Very. I was rooting for all of them. And I just loved, oh my gosh, I cannot say enough good things about season two. I think it was just, they doubled down on the cinematography too with like just the beautiful Italian coast and all their filming locations. And it was so clever. Like the writing is just so clever. And if you haven't seen The White Lotus on HBO, you should check it out. Um Alexander Daddario's in the first season. Uh, she plays uh, a newlywed um, who's on her honeymoon with her horrible uh, new husband. 
Um, Played by the office uh, star, Jake Lacey. Yeah, connection to the office. Um, yep. Last season of the Alexandra office. Alexandra Daddario's character actually was one of the few likable ones, I thought. She was. One. And I, I have to say my truth. Um, even, like, I, I kind of started rewatching um, season one of the, the White Lotus. And Jake Lacey's character, he had a point. He He, <laughs> he paid for that pineapple suite. And if I'm going to pay that, should have gotten it. If I'm going to pay that much money for a hotel room, I want that hotel room. <laughs> I'm not just going to be I, like, okay, I'll take this one. I guess, I guess. <laughs> I agree. He had a point, but he was he was he was kind of a horrible a horrible person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah, I can't get over this house. I know at the end of. Um, the year we typically do like a which house is your favorite mm. house that we've seen this year. It's it's only January 11th, but this is truly like this is in the running. I had the exact same thought. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. When this came out, I thought this is going to be in our year and wrap up. Absolutely. Well, that's it for house party. Thank you so much for tuning in for this mini reunion <laughs> i just love recording with you rachel and uh, i know i missed it i know this was awesome if you liked what you heard today please uh hit the subscribe button so you can get episodes delivered straight to your device um we are on apple Podcasts, spotify all the major uh audio platforms wherever you listen to your podcasts you can find us um If you could also write us a quick review and give us a five-star rating, we'd so appreciate it. That helps people find us and we love reading what you have to say. Yeah, we would love to hear your feedback there. Or if you want to email us, please feel free to do so at podcast at realtor.com. Again, that's podcast singular at realtor.com. Or you can find us on social media. We're everywhere, except for TikTok. We don't have a TikTok yet. Oh my Maybe gosh. we should have TikTok. <laughs> uh, but you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And our handle is at HousePartyPod on all three. And if you want to check out any of the stories that we talked about today, go to Realtor.com slash news. You can also go to Google, type in Realtor.com and the topic, and it should show up for you. And we will also link to the stories in your show notes. So go to your podcast app and click away. Click away. Um but come back don't click away too far (laughs) be sure to come back uh thank you again for tuning in and we'll catch you later bye bye adios no ciao (laughs) i should say ciao for the white lotus